Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Marty Plum, and I am your host of a Pen and a Napkin podcast, the weekly coaching clinic that you can carry around with you in your pocket. Very, very excited today to have on episode number 52, Dave Love, an NBA shooting coach, a coach that has worked with uh, numerous NBA teams and has done some work with the Canadian national team. And we are just going to talk all about shooting here today. But before we talk to Coach Love, um, we are going to, of course, thank our, our sponsor for every podcast, Cossack Chiropractic, located 144th here. 144th and Maple here in Omaha. Can't get that out here today. Uh, coaches, if you have an athlete who is struggling with balance, neck, or spinal issues, have them go see COSAC Chiropractic. Give them a call at 402-964-0300 or look them up on the internet at COSACchiro.com. Follow us on Twitter at a pen and a napkin. We try to put up daily coaching tidbits on a pen and a napkin, so be sure to follow us there. If you're listening, of course, you're on SoundCloud or iTunes, so be sure to like, rate, review, give us five stars so that we can help coaches hone their craft one day at a time. And if you have any questions, comments, suggestions, or ideas, please be sure to email us at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com. But we want to get going here with uh, Coach Love here. Uh, Coach, what's the temperature up there in Calgary today? Today is beautiful. We're... Uh... Uh, early September, and it's probably 75 or 80 de- degrees, but it will get chillier in the evening, and this time of year, it could go from 80 degrees one day to 40 degrees the next. We were here in Omaha on Sunday. We were literally at 100 degrees, and yesterday, the high was like 46. Um, yeah, a similar thing happened here. Yeah, so... Um, you know, fun, fun fall weather here in the northern hemisphere. Or not quite fall yet. We're in late summer here, so. Uh, but we can talk about all that we want here, uh, Coach. I just want to thank you so much for your time. Uh, for those of you that uh, don't know who Coach Love is, uh, he's got a great Twitter follow, um, and he's got a website, uh, The Love of the Game. Uh, he's worked with Team Canada. He spent a year with the Phoenix Suns, a year with the Cleveland Cavaliers, and I'm trying to do my math here correctly. Was it four years with the Orlando Magic, Coach? Yeah, four years is correct. Okay, all right. Uh, some of the players that he's worked with, Grant Hill, Tristan Thompson, uh, Aaron Gordon. So, uh, Coach, you got a heck of a resume. How did you how did you fall into this uh, career, this this niche of just becoming you're, – you're not a skills coach, you're a shooting coach. And, and how did you fall into that? Uh, well, fall in is a, a great expression for it. I met uh, a fellow named, uh, by the name of Chip England when yep. I was – uh, about 13 years old, he was a uh, player for a minor league team that I was ball boy for. And uh, I would kind of say that Larry Bird was my hero and uh, and Chip England was this small step below Larry Bird. And uh, I idolized him and, and we just became, over the course of a uh, five-year playing career here in my hometown of Calgary, um, sort of a big brother and little brother. Mm-hmm. And he started teaching me everything that, that he knew about shooting. And uh, he's now the shooting coach with the San Antonio Spurs. He's been there forever. Uh, in my opinion, the best shooting coach in the world. And, and it's not even close. Um, and I've been lucky enough to have learned from him and then got his guidance towards just chasing a passion and, and doing things that I enjoyed. And I always loved the individual aspect of uh, helping a player develop uh, better shooting form and the technical and interpersonal things that go on 
and uh, and it just evolved over the years into uh, me doing more of what I love until it just became specified into shooting mechanics. Mm-hmm. So when you were with these uh, NBA teams and some of the stuff that you've done with Team Canada uh, in a in a practice situation or what you know not even necessarily in a practice situation but what was kind of your role what was your work day like as you were working day to day with with uh, certain players on each team to help improve their shot mechanics on a day to day basis all pretty much all of my work is done before and after practice mm-hmm. uh, within the practice setting. You probably don't see me saying anything. Uh, if you're watching closely, you might catch me whispering to a player or uh, or just giving some very specific feedback in a uh, in a team drill. But my work is done behind closed doors in the uh, pre-practice and post-practice setting, where you get players more on an individual basis to uh, develop individual habits. Mm-hmm. I love one of the quotes I, I found about you as I, as I took a deep dive. Uh, I apologize for uh, any stalking that might show up on your feed on a, on a couple of places there. But, I, you know, I really got into your stuff here, probably spent a good hour, hour and a half kind of combing through some things. And, and one of the best quotes that I, I saw you have, uh, I believe it was on a Bleacher Report article or something like that, you said, shooting is simple but not easy. Um, I think that just summarizes shooting in general. Uh, where did you come up with that? Was that something that just kind of popped into your head one day, or uh, you know, and, and and how do you how do you kind of break down those barriers when you're you know it's it's simple, but it's not easy. Well, I, I can't remember the first time I said it, it was probably in a player workout, um, and uh, and just trying to get a player to understand that. We're not trying to do complex things. And mm-hmm. so we're not trying to learn to make complex shots. We're learning to simplify our shots uh, in complex situations. And then having to acknowledge to the player, okay, so yes, I want simple, but that doesn't mean it's going to be easy. That doesn't mean that um, me saying just do this simple thing is going to be easy for you to do and uh and so i i, I really try and i think it's a, it's a great comment um just as far as remembering our goals as shooters because it can be so easy to fall in love with the difficult shots that we see players making on sports center mm-hmm. and forget that that isn't the only uh definition of success that ultimately the the true definition of great shooters can you make the easy shots repeatedly at a high level how difficult uh was it for some of these guys and and one of the things i also saw that you talked about was you didn't spend a lot of time with the great shooters because there was no real need because obviously they're shooting the the crap out of it anyway uh, you worked with the guys that were struggling with their shot or were really looking to expand their game. Uh, how difficult uh, was it to break a lot of the uh, to break certain habits that players have and, and what were some of the methods that you used to to break those habits so that they start doing things much more simply as you stated before? Um, how difficult was it? it it's so personal. Um, 
that I can't give you a blanket answer. There sure. are things that I thought that were going to be difficult uh, that ended up being much more, much easier than I anticipated. There were things that you'd look at and say, oh, that's a simple idea or a simple thing, but were much more difficult. For every player, uh, it's very specific to them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so you kind of have to get out of your own expectations and just deal with the um, the situation in front of you. Um, so that's the first part of the, the question. What was the second part of the question? You know what? Now I forget the second part of the question as well. Oh, great job on the interview here, Plum. Uh, really good. I, I don't... Uh, I, if if I could play it back, I would. Uh, just breaking habits, I guess. And, and, and well, let's let's go with that. Uh, what were some of the, you know, like you said, every player was was different, um, and and kind of a different patient. You know, you could have the same disease, but you would use a different way to treat it, perhaps. Uh, um, what were uh, if, if there was a a consistent habit that you felt like you were breaking more often than other habits, what would that, what would the kind of the top couple of habits be that is like, guys, you know, this, this seems like to be, this seems to be the real thread or one of the key threads when guys or gals struggle with their shot. This is uh, one or two common links that, that seem to come up pretty consistently. Well, I think anybody can be working to improve their balance because ultimately uh, that is what defenders are trying to force is they're trying to force difficult shots and trying to take away time and trying to force unnecessary movement. And uh, shooters can always be mindful of uh, trying to be more stable in those difficult situations. So regardless of what your habits are, you can probably always benefit from uh, from creating a more stable shot. And the other thing is, can you create simplicity in your uh, hand placement and the way that you use your hands to create energy uh, along the target line? And that's something that I focus on if I were to, to describe the backbone of a shooting theory that I might have. Um, the backbone of that theory would be positive power. Create as much energy with as many parts of your body uh, that flow towards the target or straight up in the air and try and eliminate any energy that you create that is generated away from the target in any direction. Gotcha. Well, I saved that question then. So that, that was that, that was good. Um Another really good quote uh, when you're talking about mechanics, and, and this was a quote uh, from Richard Jefferson. He said, one of the key things you have to do when you're breaking habits is is you have to, you're fighting your body. Um, you know, can you describe what, what Jefferson was talking about there? He was a guy that came in as an, uh, you know, basically a pure athlete and a slasher and was getting to the hoop and didn't have much range. And by the end of his career, when he lost his athleticism, uh, he was a outstanding uh, three-point shooter, but he talked about having to fight his body to recreate those habits. Um, what was that process working with a with a guy like that? Well, I, I haven't worked with Richard Jefferson myself, but okay. uh, but knowing that uh, knowing what he's talking about, what what he means is coming in with the muscle memory of just I've done this this way 
this many times and my body knows and uh, and then what I have to do as a coach is I have to uh, reorganize the way their 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 movement patterns fire mm-hmm. and change in the, the middle of this the quick violent motion change where their body wants to go because it gets out of position and so uh, an, an old coach that I worked for had a great example of this where he uh, he grabbed a cardboard box that was sitting underneath his desk and put it on the top of his desk and jammed a pen into the side of the box and then gouged a jagged path through the cardboard mm-hmm. and so uh, almost like a lightning strike down the side of this cardboard box with this, okay. with this pen. And, uh, and he said to me, okay, so this is really the way that somebody's body is firing right now. And the more often they do it, and he continued to jam the pen and follow that same path, the groove gets deeper and deeper and more pronounced. Mm-hmm. And then he said uh, that, okay, in the middle of this pattern, or in the middle of this lightning strike, the pen goes one direction when really as a, as a shooting coach, I'm trying to get it to go another direction because that's where they start to make a mistake. Mm-hmm. You have to, you can't just keep repeating the same motion along the same path. Otherwise the group is just going to continue to get deeper and deeper. What you have to do is just find that area where you make the mistake and start to create a small notch and being really deliberate, being very focused on where that notch occurs to get it going on back on the right path and uh, and doing that small movement at that specific point over and over and over again and as you create that new pathway and that new notch you can expand it mm-hmm. and uh, and hopefully lead it where you need it to go and that's really sort of the the example a simple example of what I'm trying to do is Find that area where a player's shot goes wrong, mm-hmm. and then create slowly a new pathway off of the uh, the existing habits. Gotcha. Yeah, that's that's that is a great analogy using it like that. So, um, I I found this is another quote um, that I found about you here, and I and I think this is true for. Um, for any coach, whether you're a shooting coach or you're the head coach and you're talking to a player about their defense or their ball handling or whatever the, the skill may be, commitment to the team, um, you said, uh, tell them the truth and then help them get better. But you got to start out, you know, you know, essentially you're saying you're starting out with the truth uh, before you do anything. Uh, how do you earn that trust with uh, the players that you're working with, specifically with their shot? Uh, to to earn that trust that hey here's the truth of the situation and if you don't change this you know X Y and Z will or won't happen for you and then have you know get that relationship to the point where they're ready to listen to you and they're ready to buy into the stuff that you're trying to help them with. Uh, I think the most important thing that that you have to do is be direct and be honest and uh, and. So starting with the truth is really the, the, the way to earn the trust. And then I really try and do that from an empathetic place. I will say the truth. I will tell you that uh, or show you the numbers that prove that you aren't shooting the ball at a high rate. 
I will tell you the truth uh, through video by showing you some of the habits that might be holding you back. But then I'm going to be with you through that process. Mm-hmm. And in a non-judgmental way, I'm going to, I'm going to help you uh, get to a better place. And so many coaches, um, they will point out a problem and then walk away. And that's, that's how you lose the trust of the player. Mm-hmm. I will, I'll, I'll be there with them, uh, not every day, but I'm going to, I'm going to show you what you need to be doing. I'm going to show you what you need to be doing when I'm not there. Um, and I'm going to come back and we're going to continue to build and just, just being really empathetic to the, uh, to the fact that this is tough for players. It's, it's hard to fix these habits and you're not judging them. Uh, by saying that they need to improve, you're you're actually coming at it from a positive perspective to say, I think you can be even better. You are good right now, but I think you can be even better. And when when they start to see that you really care, and they that you will be there to support them, uh, that's when you start to earn the trust. And by by saying things, only saying things that are true. I can't I can't say something nice just to be nice and have mm-hmm. it be false. Mm-hmm. Uh, the compliments that I have, I give, uh, need to be based in facts. Do you find it for you as as a little bit more of an individual coach that it's easy for you to build that trusting relationships, may, those trusting relationships a little bit more maybe than it would be for the assistant coach that's the the defensive coordinator for the team uh, at the level that you're at or or something like that um, because you have that one on one contact. Uh, for sure with some players, absolutely with some players. Uh, some um, come at it from a ter- or an uh, oppositional standpoint, and you have to break through that wall. But uh, uh, but with a lot of guys, yeah, what you're saying is true, that they, they see you as, as their guy, not necessarily as a, uh, um, uh, a coach on the team. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Um, I really like your, your three-step process here. Um, identify the flaw, isolate the flaw, and layer drills as stepping stones, uh, which I think is a very simple way to to put this thing forward. And one of the things I like about your methods as I dove into your stuff is y- it's very simple, and, and you just try to keep it as simple as you can instead of making taking something so simple and making it more complicated. Um, could you? And you kind of went into that example with the with the cardboard box and the jagged edges. Uh, you know, do you have, uh, after you identify the flaw and you isolate the flaw, you know, let's say there's a hitch in the shot, and, and here's my four to six pet things that I do to help with the hitch, or if it's a balance issue, or if it's a follow-through issue, whatever it may be, or do you have to kind of personalize that with, with each one of the, the players that you work with? Can you kind of go into more depth with, with that process? Yeah, I so you identify the habit that's, that you think is holding the, the player back or creating more negative energy away from the hoop. Uh, then you find a way to isolate it. And by isolating, what I mean is create a simple enough situation, a simple enough drill where a player actually has a chance to, uh, to create a new pathway in that cardboard box. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, I, I have... A, uh, a loose framework of drills that I know and I trust uh, that can get that, that process started for me. 
um, in isolating. Most habits, most bad habits come to a head at the set point or at the connection to the, of the feet to the floor. And so I've got a couple of drills that I'll use to isolate those two points mm-hmm. and, uh, and then build off of that. And by, by layering drills, all I mean is slowly making that situation uh, more complex as the player's skill increases, that they start off really uncomfortable with this new position or this new move that I'm trying to get them to make. Uh-huh. And uh, and as they get better at making that skill, can they do it in more in a situation that is progressively more like a game? Uh-huh. And I'll add in things like adding distance, adding speed, adding movement, adding defenders and decisions and passes uh, in uh, to to challenge their skill set uh, with that new micro habit. Uh-huh. Um, do you ever uh, do you worry about um, paralysis by analysis, especially when you kind of get into the season with a player? Because that's one thing I've struggled with as a coach. If, if a player's in a bit of a slump or whatever, how much do I do I talk to them or try to tinker with their shot or do I let them work their way out of it? Um, you know, I, was a, I, I wasn't a very good player, but I could shoot it pretty well. So I always felt like when I struggled, I just needed reps and to, to put it up and it would come back to me. Uh, but and, and I think probably the answer is it just depends on the individual player. But, you know, how much of that do you worry about perhaps giving them too much information at time and having them think about it too much, especially when they're, you guys are going through a, a two-week stretch and, and you got six games in two weeks and they're big games and that type of thing? Um, early on in the process and getting to know a player, I worry about it a lot. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you, you ultimately never know... You're constantly testing how much can I give. Uh, even if it's not more things to think about, it's more um, more cues to read, more game-like situation, because you do want to find that, um, that uh, appropriate level of challenge for the, the player. The game is overwhelming with the number of things that they, they need to think about. We need to approach that, but not necessarily with these these micro skills uh-huh. uh, I don't want them to be overwhelmed with my, my finger needs to be here my guide hand has to come up at this point my toes need to be pointed those directions you want to try and get as many of those things into um, into one cue if you possibly can or one uh-huh. feeling uh-huh. and by the time I've worked with a player long enough um, and we're into a season Typically, we know the, the one or two things that are the bad habits that they have. Mm-hmm. So uh, having worked with a player for a number of months, you, you usually the list is fairly short by that uh, period of time, so you don't have to worry too much about the paralysis by analysis, but it is a, something that I pay a lot of attention to um, early on in getting to know somebody. Yeah. One of the other things you talked about, and you mentioned it a little bit earlier, was target line. And that was a, I know that's a phrase that you've used as well. Uh, could you explain to our listeners what you mean by target line and how that plays into the mechanics of the shot? Yeah, this, this is a, a line that, uh, or an expression that I stole from golf. And uh, um, quite honestly, I, I'm, I'm surprised that a lot of people don't know what what that is, or maybe I just call it something different than uh, 
uh, than what other people call it, but it's just the imaginary line between uh, the shooter and the hoop mm-hmm. and the direction that, that we want the basketball to go through. And uh, uh, sometimes it's such a simple concept that uh, we overlook it, but the more energy that you can create along that line, that imaginary line with as many parts of your body, the more accurate a player is going to be. And, uh, and so it is different than the shot line. Uh, in my opinion, people will talk about a shot line. To me, that is the line of the path that the ball follows to get from the beginning of a shot to the, uh, uh, to the set point if we're looking at the player from the front. And then I also have a ball path, which is the, uh, the line that the ball follows if we're looking from the side. Um, and, and then the, the, the target line as well. So they're, they're similar ideas, and they do kind of fit together, but they are different things as well. Mm-hmm. Well, Coach, most of our listeners are, are high school coaches. And, you know, we're, as you well know, we've we got our, our hands in a lot of different things. You know, most of us are going to be teachers, and, 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 you know, we just don't have the time to, to break down things as, as much as you've been able to with a lot of the individuals that you've worked with. Uh, but from your, from your expert uh, position and as much time as you spent analyzing shooting, uh, if, if you were to give a high school coach uh, the, the three or four basic things that you would work with with your shooters uh, to just improve shooters in general within their programs, within a typical high school situation, what would be those three or four keys that you would tell high school coaches they need to emphasize with their players as they develop in their program? Uh, I would say get in the shooting hand underneath the middle of the ball at the set point and not slightly off to the side where they need to now use their guide hand, which is very common at a younger age and players are starting to simplify for the most part by high school, but usually not. Uh, most players haven't completely simplified that. Um, and then balance and, uh, and being as stable and as simple in your lower body and your posture as you can within the shooting motion. And, uh, and how to go about working on that is I, I think we get too fixated on the drills mm-hmm. uh, as coaches, and the reality is what we're doing within the drill is far more important. And sometimes we we have this uh, sequence of movements that I want you to start here, and you're going to dribble this direction and make this pass while this person is moving this direction, and they're going to catch the ball there. That's viewed as the drill, mm-hmm. but what is what is being thought of by the player or by the passer in that sequence of movements is far more important than the sequence. And, uh, and so however you're creating an environment where, um, and, and how you're holding a player accountable to, are you on balance? Okay. In this tough situation, can you be as on balance as possible and holding some accountability? Those are the challenging things in a group setting. And, uh, and I think those are the things that we miss. We, uh, we don't clearly identify uh, on an individual basis, here's what you need to be able to do to, to improve your, the way that you shoot the basketball and sometimes lose the accountability of uh, or holding players accountable to actually doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. Um, along with that, you know, one of the things that, that we try to do and, uh, is – 
what's a good way to get your shot grooved and ready to go before you, you step out for a, a practice area? So in, in most high school coaches situations, we get done at, let's say we get school done with school at three o'clock and, and practice is going to be, uh, is going to start at three thirty, and the kids go down and they change out and, and they're on the court by three fifteen, three eighteen or so, um, what are some some things that we as high school coaches that you would recommend to us to to teach our players to really help groove their shot to get ready for practice uh, within uh, you know a, a five to seven minute time period uh, so that they're getting really good base mechanics in um, before we get up and down as a team at when when the whistle goes at three thirty. Uh, have players. Think of their shot like Hussein Bolt would think about uh, getting ready to sprint. And when you walk into the gym, uh, that's not Hussein Bolt necessarily going to the starting line. That's the beginning of the race. The warm-up occurred when he got out of bed. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, as we all know as adults, watching young players uh, shoot, a lot of them like to uh like to get into the gym and then fire up threes. Oh, that's so, that I hate that. Like, that. That would be like Hussein Bolt getting out of bed and sprinting to the, uh, to the shower at, at full speed. Uh, if he does that, he's probably pulling a hamstring or something uh, <laughs> similar. Our basketball version of that is just developing a bad habit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what we need to do is kind of look a little more objectively, okay, how do we warm up our body? Let's warm up our shot the same way. Let's not jump right to the most difficult situation. Let's get in the correct position. I get out of bed and I stretch and work out a couple of things, and then I sort of shuffle to the uh, the bathroom because I'm an old man. And, uh, <laughs> and so what are, the, what are the shooting versions of these? Well, stretching, that can be form shooting. And then shuffling to the bathroom, okay, that's a slow speed. Let's stay nice and close in and very deliberate uh, about the way that we're shooting the basketball. But then I can't progress through my day doing only those things. Uh, it needs to, to get faster and smoother. And so building that slowly over time. I think uh, if players do a good job of form shooting, then usually there's too big of a jump from... I do form shooting, and then I go and I shoot game shots, and that's really two sides of a bridge with no bridge in between. Mm-hmm. Um, try to have more of a bridge between form shooting, form shooting in a slightly more game-like situation, form shooting in a even more game-like situation, form shooting in a or, uh, uh, slow, methodical shooting in a very game-like situation, built towards the game over that five or ten minutes rather than just jumping right into a, a difficult situation or doing the, the both sides of the bridge with no bridge in between. So what would be what would be some some I, I hesitate to call it a, a drill, but what would be some activities uh, that you would recommend uh, that you could describe to us between that form shooting and shooting game shots? How do how do we bridge that? Uh, the one side of the bridge, the form shooting side will be very stationary, very close to the hoop. Mm -hmm. And then you can slowly start to add movement and you can start to say, all right, if we're moving, 
why is moving more difficult for for shooters? Well, it's because it challenges our balance a little bit more. Okay, well, knowing that, how do we get on balance better? Well, a lot of it comes from our posture and the width of our feet. Okay, perfect. So when we do this, let's make sure we have good posture and good width in our feet. Now let's start to just hop and, and step just one step at a time in all these different kinds of directions. But be very mindful of your posture and the width of your feet. And uh, and then, okay, why do we want the guide hand coming off the basketball? Because then we've only got one variable from our shooting hand. So uh, how can we be mindful of that? Let's really try and segment the shot. We'll start within triple threat. We'll lift it to our set point. We'll take the guide hand off, and then we'll shoot uh, from there and remind our body of that form shooting type drill. Now, can we do that? when we start to move with just one step. What happens if somebody starts to pass us the basketball uh, as well? Can we start with a very slow pass? I'll do a drill where I'll roll the player the ball so that instead of having a second and a half to catch the pass, they've got five seconds to get in a position and be mindful of the positions that their body starts in when they shoot the basketball. Um, really, I just I try to slow everything down in the beginning and then build up the speed and the distance as uh, as the player's body kind of wakes up. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's really that's really really good stuff, coach. That's uh, that helps because that's that's something I know that I've struggled with. Where okay, here's your form shooting and let's do this, and then like you said, then they go straight to. A lot of times they'll go straight to the three-point line and let it fly there, and that's that's great food for thought. Where okay, we've done the form shooting. Let's get that bridge in there, and, and there's got to be a little something between there and the game shots that you're going to put up a few minutes later. And I think that's a great thing for high school coaches that they can teach their kids as well. Right, and then our goal becomes how many bridges can you build. Mm. And uh, it's, it's great when we've got one side of the river and one way to get across. That's good. What happens if, or how can we build multiple bridges so we don't get bottleneck and that we're able to help as many people as we possibly can? And this bridge might not be convenient for the person that lives down the road. Can we build a bridge closer to them? And uh, and so I'm experimenting with things right now, just like warming up with form shooting, but doing it while playing two on zero against imaginary defenders. And uh, and our our sideline is and and end lines are about fifteen feet from the basket, so we're within the key or at least within free throw line distance on all sides. Uh, and we're playing as an imaginary two on zero, where I'm setting screens, and rolling, calling for the ball, and the player isn't able to predetermine what they're doing, but they're still doing form shooting, so they have a chance to be mindful. And uh, and so just constantly experimenting with different kinds of bridges mm-hmm. that is that is that's terrific right there um great ideas um a couple more things here um in a in a typical i got these two questions will be related we'll start with this one first because I, I gave you two questions earlier and i forgot the second one so i'm just going to go one at a time here so um in a in a typical two-hour practice uh, as a as a shooting coach, and and shooting is you know the most important skill. I don't care what anybody says. It, it's it's like in baseball, the most important skill in baseball is hitting the ball. And if you don't hit the ball, it doesn't matter about anything else. You're you're not going to win. Um, but in a typical let's say two hour practice, 
how much shooting would you recommend on average uh, that that a team gets up or approximately how many shots would you want to see uh, your players getting up in a two-hour practice on an individual basis to make sure that they're staying sharp and they're getting the reps that they need? Uh, keeping in mind that I'm a shooting coach, my hour, my my answer is in a two-hour practice, I want to see two and a half hours of shooting, and I want the number <laughs> of shots that they get to be a sideways eight. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, I, I, you know, I teach history, but I can figure that math out. That, that's not, that's probably not going to happen. So, so, so it's it's a sliding scale. Uh-huh. <laughs> Excuse me, here I'm just got fog in my throat. But um, there's no one answer, mm-hmm. and so a team littered with Steph Curry's and Clay Thompson's probably don't need to shoot in practice as much as a team that's littered with Mm -hmm. non-shooters. A group of of, uh, 12-year-olds would be better suited spending more time um, learning, spending their practice time on the fundamentals of shooting than they might be the secondary readout of a pick and roll. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's it's really situation-based on your situation, the team that you coach, the players that you have on that team, your identity as a team, how much. Um, but, and again, I, I want to echo this, this thought again, and what you're thinking about it when you're shooting is just as important as how much. So I want to avoid giving a, a time and a number of shots, but just say more is going to be better, obviously. Mm-hmm. We do have other parts of the game that we got to teach so we can't do the two and a half hours and the infinity sign but uh more is going to be better and to really unlock it know what you're and hold accountable to what you're working on in that time Mm -hmm. don't just shoot work like improve the way that you shoot yeah exactly um last question and it's kind of related to this one here uh is there is there any time that you uh have seen that, like you said, in a two-hour practice, you'd love to shoot for two and a half hours. But, you know, there, there's a, and again, every team is different, but it's, I'm going to kind of just paint with a broad brush here. When, when, right. do, when do you like to see uh, your, the, the, the head coaches of your teams uh, that it seems to be the most effective point in practice to take time out and do a shooting drill? Is it, is it early? Do you want to do it late? Do you want to sprinkle it in in the middle? And again, I know every team is different, but if you're kind of designing that, you know, how would you kind of sprinkle that in there? How would you put that to get the, you know, as broadly as you can get the most out of it yeah. for your shooters? I, I would I would do a variety of different times. Uh, I think the biggest challenge that we face uh, working with teams over the course of a season is the the, the season is such a marathon, mm-hmm. and we know that if you do 15 reps of the same movement with a player, by the 15th rep, their attention is not where it was on the fifth, uh, on the first rep. Uh-huh. So, what is it like when we're we're on day 85? And, uh, and so I think we need to challenge ourselves to, uh, to mix it up and find little ways to make it feel fresh and little ways to, um, uh, to get the player's attention back. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that every, 
everything kind of feels fresh and they are paying attention and they haven't lost the focus. Uh, that's what that's what I think the bigger uh, the biggest challenge is and, and what we should be focused on. Whether it occurs first thing in the, the practice or the last thing, I don't think that matters nearly as much as can you keep their attention? Can you get them thinking about the right things? Gotcha. Mix it up. Gotcha. All right. Um, Coach, I really appreciate your time today. Uh, I, I, you, you've got a website. You've got social media. The floor is yours to, to, to plug Coach Dave Lowe here. So uh, let's wrap up with that. Uh, so head over to CoachDaveLove.com. Uh, sign up for my free shooting newsletter, and I'll teach you as much as I possibly can over the next year with, uh, with free email content. Uh, and then while you're there, go over to uh, the store of CoachDaveLove.com and, uh, and check out some of the online workout programs that I have and video shot analysis, just the online resources that I have for purchase to where you can steal my process. Uh, ultimately, for free, what I want to do is teach coaches how to develop their own process. But if you want to steal the one that has worked for me, uh, then you can do that by uh, purchasing some of my online products. So, uh, and then on social media, check out Coach Dave Love. Uh, sorry, not dot com. Coach Dave Love on Instagram and Twitter. Yeah, I think it's at Coach Dave Love on Twitter. That's where I found. That's that's where I right. found you. So awesome. Coach, I, I, I can't thank you enough for your time today. I hope you I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you had a good time on the podcast. I did. Thank you for uh, inviting me on. Thank you for your time and uh, and all the best. All right. Well, if you could hold the line just a quick second here, I'll get everything wrapped up. Uh, again, we want to thank Coach Dave Love, uh, professional shooting coach here with the Canadian national team and multiple NBA teams. Uh, they're, they're, I've, I've checked out the sites that he's put plugged there, and they are really, really, really good. So I encourage my followers to go there. Uh, again, we want to thank COSAC Chiropractic for, uh, for sponsoring the podcast. If you're in need of services, don't hesitate to call Dr. Kevin or Dr. Heidi at 402-964-0300. Again, follow us on Twitter, a pen and a napkin. Uh, download, rate, and review the podcast. You're on SoundCloud or iTunes, so push this out here for, for other folks. And, of course, if you have any questions, comments, suggestions, or ideas, email me at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com. Again, Coach Dave Love, a terrific shooting coach, uh, one of the best in, in the Northern Hemisphere. Uh, anybody who's got Chip England's trust, this guy knows what he's talking about. So I encourage you to check out his websites and, and his uh, Twitter feed and Instagram and all that stuff there. So... Coaches, as always, let's pray for peace, let's stay safe, and let's be sure to hone our craft one day at a time.